Do you desire to pray more for your spouse? Do you desire to pray more with your spouse? We understand that you may not know where to start, or maybe you feel uncomfortable praying, or maybe you don't know what to pray, or maybe you simply want to add something more to your current prayer life. This is why we wrote The Marriage Gift, 365 Prayers for Our Marriage. We desire that it would be used as a daily reminder and catalyst for you and your spouse to grow a dynamic and consistent prayer life together. This book is a compilation of 365 unique and powerful prayers that cover a range of diverse topics that every marriage deals with. You can read it alone, or ideally, you read it with your spouse. Also, we hope that the topics that are brought up in these prayers would become a starting point for deeper and more intimate conversations with your spouse and a desire to seek God on these matters together. Visit themarriagegift.com today and order your copy and give your marriage the greatest gift, powerful and meaningful prayer. Visit themarriagegift.com today. Jennifer Smith, your host of the Marriage After God podcast. With what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before God on high? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with tens of, tens of thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has told you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. Micah 6, 6 6-8. Today's episode is brought to you by our faithful patron team who has chosen to help financially support this show monthly. And we just wanted to take some time to give a shout out to the most recent patrons, Rashetta A., Angela B., D. Hartley, and Michelle S. Thank you guys so much for choosing to partner with us and blessing tens of thousands of couples with free daily prayer emails and this weekly podcast. We really appreciate you. If you've been blessed by this free Marriage After God content, we'd love to invite you to join our patron team. Please visit marriageaftergod.com forward slash patron. So last episode, uh, we announced a giveaway that we were doing to celebrate my 39th birthday. And we the, all you had to do to get enter the uh, giveaway was be a part of the patron team and we're announcing the winner right now. I already sent the books out actually, but the winner is for the giveaway, Gina Borelli. Gina, thank you so much for being a part of the faithful patron team. We pray you enjoy the books and uh, let us know what you think. Well, welcome back to another episode. Episode another 14 of, of the year. To <laughs> uh, we weren't... I think people missed us. I was going to say we weren't here last week. Uh, we took a little mini spring break. Well, we took a spring break and then we took a little took spring it. break when we got back from our spring break because uh, we spent some time in Southern California seeing grandparents. That was super fun. It was. It was, it was awesome. super fun. The weather was absolutely perfect. It was, it hovered between 65 and 70, even at the, at the beach. Um, it the weather really was perfect. Great. We had a couple days of rain, but that was also really nice. It was only two. It was yeah. two days. Yeah. Which everyone down there was like, oh, you guys just missed like almost a month of rain. rain. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and because it had rained, everything was green, all the mountains and the hillsides, which I don't, out of my, uh, when did we move away from there? I was 23, 25 years, 25 years old. I don't think I've ever seen it that green in the whole time I've lived there. So beautiful. So, um, going to California, just as a little note for all y'all that are listening, uh, we used to, when we had one kid, we would sometimes fly. Even with two, we did. Yeah, and with two, we did. 
But now we pretty much drive exclusively. We got our, our van and we load it up and we put snacks and lunches and we drive the whole family because there's seven of us and that's not cheap to fly anymore because we need to pay for a ticket for every single one. But also I actually just love driving. I was going to say, when you said we (laughs) drive down there, I was going to say, no, Aaron drives. I drive. I sleep. (laughs) 13 hours and Jennifer drives an hour. Maybe one. And I love it. It's (laughs) great. I do too. Hey, we're on the same team here. And you genuinely sleep the whole time. Like I keep looking over and you're like, I think you're going to be reading a book or on your phone, but you're sleeping. I'm a car baby. I like it. Um, And also, what's also cool is we had to, because we have our two little kitties, Mm -hmm. we brought them with us. And we were were concerned about them. We're like, oh, are they going to, how are they going to handle 15 hours of driving? They loved the car. Like they're like in the windshield, the windows on the, on the headrests with the kids. They just, the car, they owned the car. I think the kids liked them, liked having them in the car too, because it like gave them something to do and focus on. It was great. Weather was awesome, 65, 70, like you said. And we pretty much stayed in grandma's pool or at the beach. The whole time. The whole time. Yeah. Which usually when we plan a trip to go to California. We try to pack in other I get, things. Well, I get really excited about the opportunity of, yeah, different cities to go check out or museums or even amusement yeah. parks. I'm like, I'm so, I but love. But this time we're, we're like driving down. I said, I said, can we not do anything? Can we just <laughs> like the beach and pool? Like nothing else. Basically what we did except that my dad did get us tickets to opening day at the Angel Stadium. So we did do that. That was, awesome. was pretty awesome. The kids have never been to a baseball game like that before. Oh, it was amazing. Major league. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, actually, I haven't either. I've been you to Angel haven't? Stadium. No, I had been to Angel Stadium several times, but not for baseball games. So I grew up going, and I remember the Blue Angels would fly overhead in the beginning. Uh-huh. And I warned the kids, I'm like, it's opening day. They're probably going to be there. And sure enough. It was enough, so loud. It was so awesome. It was so cool. Edie go, it was plugging her ears, and she's like, it's so loud. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was cool. And then we saw a pickle in the first in, first or second inning. And it, this wasn't like a, like a quick like pickle. This was a really good one. There's like, like back and forth, four back people and forth. involved. Oh. It was great. They kept like the the players kept replacing each other as they were passing the ball back and forth, and getting closer and closer yeah. and closer. That was really good. And then we saw a double home run pretty quick too. All to say, it was amazing. The baseball game was amazing. The beach was great. Family time was just special. It was needed to get out of the still snow that we have. I know. All <laughs> my friends warned me, don't come back yet. <laughs> it literally is snowing right now. Still. So did something special happen this week? We yes, um, which is another reason why we took a little mini break from the podcast because we were in the middle we, of something. We were in the middle of something. Right when we got back from our trip, we got our book back that we had mentioned to you guys that we've been working on. Our new so book. That, our newest book so that we can um, finalize edits and wrap that up. And so we're yeah. really excited about this. Um, so we wanted to share it with you guys. So the title of the book is The Marriage Gift, 365 Prayers for Our Marriage, A Daily Devotional Journey to Inspire, Encourage, and Transform Us and Our Prayer Life. Mm. And so all week we worked really hard on on sifting through that. And you just, worked really hard. I did. You did all the, oh, but I like that. Like you did all the heavy lifting meticulous detail oriented stuff. Um, but we've loved working with Zondervan and just, um, this I don't know, book. we just, we're just excited. Can we tell them when it comes out? Yeah. Cause I think we know, I think it's coming out in October. Yeah. So be on the lookout for it. It comes out in October. We're really excited about it and uh, we hope you all are going to be incredibly blessed by it. Yeah. Our hope for it is just to, um, w- we wanted to create a resource that would inspire couples to, 
um, build a strong habit of prayer, mm -hmm. like individually, but also together. So gosh, I can't wait. <laughs> yep. It's gonna be awesome. Which, I mean, this is kind of goes along this tile, this, this strong habit of prayer, which is, it's a, it's an act of humility to pray for your spouse. Mm -hmm. It's one way of doing it. Um, and to pray for yourself and to go to God and say, I need you. Right. That's a, it's a humble thing to do. We're talking about humility, humbleness. That's the topic for today. Um, and so real quick, what, what do you immediately feel when you hear the word humility? Um, I think of the word meekness, um, which I looked up after that word came to my mind because I wanted to make sure like, am I on the right track here? Um, but it means softness of temper, gentleness, mildness. And then another definition gave, uh, used the word submissiveness. Hmm. So it's like a yielding. It's like a not usurping or yeah, trying to be above. Giving, more giving of yourself than taking in a way with your attitude. That's good. Me meekness. What about you? Uh, well, when I think about this, the first word that comes to mind is humiliation. Mm -hmm. uh, which I know they're closely related, um, not quite the same thing, but it's, it's, I don't know why I think of that. I, th I think of this idea of being embarrassed or, mm -hmm. or something happening that makes you feel small or weak. Um, which I know that what we're talking about today is, is not that idea, but it's almost that idea. If you think about it, um, it seems like there's many things in life that end up humbling us, um, they're also the things that embarrass us. Like when we're trying to do, succeed at something, but we fail mm. and it humbles us. Or we think this thing's going to come through, you know, like in James yeah. is like, don't say, you know, next tomorrow we're going to go do such and such and go do this business and that. And it's like, you don't if know what tomorrow's going to yeah. do. I feel like often we like are forced into humility by our actions or circumstances that like, Oh, I had, I had no control over that. I, that's kind of what I think about. Mm. You know, so, um, admitting when you go down to it, admitting sin or failure is, is a humility, a humbleness and it's humiliating. Yeah, that's true. Right. Yeah. So I, um, that's what I think about when I think about humility. Cool. Well, uh, the definition, if you just Google it, uh, uh humble, well, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> la, la, la. hold on, let me go back. So humility will just tell you it's the quality of being humble. So I'm just going to read the definition yeah. for being humble, modesty and behavior, attitude or spirit, uh, showing differential or submissive respect, hmm. low in rank quality or station and unpretentious or lowly. Hmm. Yeah. And I would add to that because like being low in rank, like you are a, hum a humble person, not necessarily by character, but by disposition, hmm. right? Like, Oh, that person's you know, in this status and I'm in this status, but what we're talking about is, uh, and what the Bible would talk about is placing yourself or recognizing yourself in your true position or putting yourself beneath. Like when we think about when we're told to love one another, or when we're told to, to uh, consider others as more important than yourselves, that's this idea of like, well, not that you're not important, but the act of love is in, I'm not going to yeah. demand anything. I'm going to put myself beneath right now. Yeah. It's this, this modesty and behavior or the attitude. Yeah. It's like your, your perception of who you are. Not that you're not qualified or capable or can have and operate in a high position mm -hmm. of sorts, but, right. but that you consider yourself you put, Modestly. you put others above <laughs> yeah. you, you esteem others higher than mm -hmm. yourself, uh, I, which leads me to another question, which is not in the notes. Um, it makes me think about this question of 
Do we like, is that like an easy thing? Humility? I don't Humbleness. think it comes natural. I don't think it's That's a, a good, natural yeah, thing. Yeah, is it a natural thing? Yeah. Like, oh, I'm just a humble. <laughs> the joke is like, I'm the humblest person. Like the moment you say it, right. you're no longer humble because you're boasting about your humility. I would say what's more natural is like, if you think of ego. Yes, self. Self-awareness. And I think those things can come more naturally. And so we, as especially entering into adulthood, mm-hmm. start to learn what it means to be humble. Right. Usually through experience. You're like, oh, that was I would say like the opposite comes this idea of like self-esteem or self-preservation or like our self-image of, you know, where jealousy comes from. We we compare Mm -hmm. like, oh, why don't I have what they have? Thinking that we deserve it or something, which is the opposite of humility of like, oh, I'm glad they have it. I don't know if I'm even ready for that thing Mm -hmm. or can handle that thing or should have that, whatever it is. Yeah, I think that's the more natural position for us. So what's the purpose of humility? Why are we talking about this today? Yeah, I know. Everyone's like, what What are they talking about? Uh, I, the reason we're bringing this up is is because of this question. What is the purpose of humility? What What does God desire? Why, why does he desire humility and humbleness in his people? And how does it benefit our marriage? And that's kind of why we want to talk about this. Um, is... But I, before we talk about humility, you were just saying like, I don't want to talk too much about pride, but in order to talk about humility, you kind of have to talk about pride. Mm-hmm. You have to, cause that's our natural state is this is a, is a self centered worldview mm-hmm. from babies till, you know, whenever, until the Holy spirit starts transforming that part of us, right. you know, so we have to talk about pride. Um, and so let's see what the Bible says about pride. Um, I'll read the first one. Proverbs 8, 13. The fear of the Lord is hatred of evil, pride and arrogance in the way of evil and perverted speech I hate. And this is the idea of like God saying what something that he hates. He hates pride and arrogance in the way of evil and perverted mm-hmm. speech. And then uh, Proverbs eleven two says, when pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with the humble is wisdom. Hmm. There's very few times in the Bible where Pride is almost none. Pride is a positive thing. It's almost always a sinful, fleshly, response. anti-God yeah. response. Mm-hmm. Um, Isaiah two eleven: The haughty looks of a man shall be brought low, and the lofty pride of a man shall be humbled, and the Lord alone will be exalted in that day. <laughs> God, this is one of the things that God's going to do: is He's going to lay low the prideful. He's going to say no. Like, this is your true position. You don't, what you're doing is wrong. And he does it to all pride. He doesn't, pride has no place in the heart of a, of a believer or anyone really. But this is, these are all the things that the Bible says about pride. Why don't you read the next one? Uh, the next one is from Mark 7, 20 through 23. And he said, what comes out of a person is what defiles him for from within out of the heart of man come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and they defile a person. This is this is Jesus's words. He's talking because they were talking about what goes into the body, like food. Like, oh, you're eating what's not lawful. And he's like, mm-hmm. you don't understand. The stuff that goes into your body gets expelled out of your body. It's food. He's like, but what comes out of you? That's what defiles you. And look at that list. Right. The list is like, that is the list of 
defiled, foolishness, evil. And those are the things that have, and one of them is pride. God hates pride. He hates it. It It's just as equal in, in his mind to all these other things. The, the, whether or not it's equal, I don't know, but it's in the same list of the things that he hates and that are evil and that defile a person. Mm-hmm. So having pride in your marriage defiles you and your marriage. It's destructive. And so if you haven't caught on yet, like you said, God hates pride. Pride is very dangerous of a heart posture. It's opposed to God. As we just read, when pride comes, then comes disgrace. Like it's the, the step before falling, disgrace, destruction, uh, defilement. You know, pride says, I am good. I do not need anyone. Mm-hmm. Right. Which in marriage, you can see how that starts crumbling the unity of oneness. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Like, I don't need you. What do you, why are you, why are you tell me what to do? Why are you saying I shouldn't do this? Why are you treating me like this? I don't deserve this. Mm-hmm. It is immediately when pride exists in one of our hearts or both our hearts, unity doesn't, it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Pride also says I'm right and everyone else is wrong. Which is true for my sake, but you know, most people, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, pride does say that, that uh, this is like the root of most fights. Mm-hmm. I'm right and you're wrong. Whether And usually it doesn't even matter what the, the circumstance is. We think that. Yeah. And so we fight for our preservation, mm-hmm. our self, our pride. Pride keeps us from walking in truth and from gaining wisdom. Like being able to receive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, this has happened in my life. You know, someone trying to, to uh, show me what the word says about a, a, a way I'm being, a thing I've done. And I'm like, no, you're wrong. Like, this is not okay. This is not wrong. Um, it keeps us from receiving. So Psalms 10, three through four says, for the wicked boast of the desires of his soul and the one greedy for gain curses and renounces the Lord. In the pride of his face, the wicked does not seek him. All his thoughts are, there is no God. Mm. Now this is the state of, of the, of the atheist, the, the person in the world, whether they're, they believe in a God or not, they are really saying this. There is no God. and I do not need him. I'm not going to seek him. I don't need him. And so pride in the heart, it keeps us from God. It keeps us from going to the truth and from gaining actual true wisdom. And uh, kind of dig this illustration and more um, expound on it. C.S. Lewis, uh, author of the Narnia books, um, I found a quote by him. It's, he calls pride the complete anti-God state of mind. Hmm. And I feel like that sums up what I was just talking about so well, is when we are prideful, it's an anti-God state of mind. Hmm. It's a pro-self-is-God state of mind, and God is not God. Which, if your perspective of yourself is you know, like God, or, you know, you put your own self on that highest pedestal, that's going to cause a lot of deterioration in your relationships. Mm -hmm. Um, because pride keeps us from say in marriage, like it will keep us from reconciliation, from being able to truly love each other. Mm -hmm. And that's sad. And a lot of marriages experience it. It keeps us from repentance. Mm -hmm. It keeps us from, um, just simply apologizing and recognizing when we made a mistake no matter how small it is a mistake. Um, it's know. really all relationships. If you think about it, cause even parenting, I'm just sitting here thinking, you know, how often have I let my pride sit between me and a child or mm-hmm. hearing or, their or, pride. Or, or seeing other experiences yeah. of people with older children, adult children, even seeing the, the fight between 
mm. you know, parent-child because of pride and not wanting to just it's humble it, themselves. As that scripture said earlier, it's it's a it's destructive. Mm. It's corrosive. Uh, pride separates us from the relationships and and humility. So now bringing it back, humility makes it possible for those who want to be in relationship to draw near. Mm-hmm. Right. So this is this is what's cool about humility and why we the question that started all this was like, what is it for? What is God's purpose in it? Is without humility, there is no reconciliation. There can be no relationship. There is no drawing near. It's only something that pushes away. Right? So God is perfect. Jesus is our mode of salvation. He he died on the cross. He rose again from the dead. His blood covers and atones, right? Pride says that that's not I'm not I don't need that. That's not me drawing near to God. He did everything to draw near to me and gave me everything I need, and my pride keeps me from it. Same in marriage. We're fighting something you you did something that frustrated me and I, and you you apologize to me. You try and repent and you say, you know, I messed up. I shouldn't have done that. I'm so sorry for how I talked to you. And in my pride, because I th- think I need to be justified or feel a certain way and I don't, and I don't want to forgive you. Where's the, where's the drawing near? Mm. It doesn't exist. Yeah. My pride keeps me from drawing near where you tried. It's like a wall. Yeah. It's, it's, so you, you did what you were supposed to and what you can. And that's as far as you can take it because you can't make me. Mm-hmm not be prideful. That's the Holy Spirit's job is to do in my life is to convict that in me. But if we're not careful, if we're not aware of these things and we let these things come out of us, they defile us mm. and our relationship and they keep us from drawing near to each other. And, and most importantly to God, because in reality, this is something I learned a long time ago with, with me walking in certain sins in my life, stuff that I, I struggled really hard with. Um, recognizing that if I'm not going to listen to the Holy Spirit's prompt to confess and to repent, I'm not listening to God. Mm-hmm. I'm even though it's, he's asked me to do something for you and I'm, I'm not willing to do it for you to you. I'm really saying, and I told you this a long time ago, it's like this ultimate, like, no God, mm-hmm. I'm not going to do what you're asking me to do. So I, my pride actually repels me from God when the Holy Spirit's there lovingly, sanctifying me and trying to lead you and trying to lead yeah. me. So, um, earlier you briefly mentioned this phrase and you said the, the benefits to marriage because of humility. Yeah. If somebody walks in humility or sp- a spouse, mm-hmm. what kind of benefit is there to marriage? You've already given kind of the, the consequences of pride and the mm-hmm. destruction of pride, but in light of humility, if one or both are, are operating in the spirit and, and being humble in heart and attitude, what are the benefits? Uh, the first one I thought of was, is the word safety. Mm. There's safety and humility. Anytime I've known people that have a, a kind of innate sense of pride, like a pridefulness, they, they're never wrong. They are always right, which can be two different things, but they, they go together. Um, I never felt truly safe with those people. We could be friends and we could be close and I can, and I, Safe but in I, what way? Like you don't feel comfortable talking to them? Well, about- uh, yeah. Like if I ever wanted to go to them and be like, Hey, you, you, you wronged me. It, it, I know it's never going to go right. So mm-hmm. I don't even say anything. I, it's only going to turn into a, wait, what? No, that didn't happen. You saw it wrong. You're not. And it's just a, it's abrasive and a fight. And mm-hmm. 
corrosive, like we keep saying. I think so, too, like for, for being in a relationship like that, it could be exhausting. <laughs> like the word safe does, it does um, explain that very well. But it also like, I just think it would be exhausting for me to think like, I don't want to come to you right now. Like, let's say you were being that yeah. way. I wouldn't want to come to you because I already know I'm already tired at the end of the day. I don't have the energy to share myself with what's going on, share my feelings, share my heart, my thoughts. If I know it's not going to be received because that means more work to get either to where I want to go mm-hmm. with you and try and break it down, which if that's even this possible. is an actual example in our marriage of something that we've had to grow in and work in. That is something that's a constant growing for right. me is you feeling like I'm not going to hear you and listen to you and receive you, but I'm, I'm going to get defensive and frustrated and uh, hurt. Yeah. Right. Which yeah, is a I wouldn't say that we, pride we, we thing. operate like that always, but there have no, definitely no, no. been is, times. That this that is something happened. that is, I'm just saying this is yeah. a, an actual thing that we deal with yeah. on a, you know, occasional basis that, uh, God's been sanctifying in me, Yeah, but it is, it's a pride thing. And like that you feel safer when you know, like, Oh wow. He, he heard me yeah. and received it and contemplated it. Mm-hmm. And now we're talking about it on that level. So I think it's a, when there's humility on both parties, there's safety, there's, there's a, a sense of, uh, they're not going to, um, make me feel under them. Mm-hmm. Because if you think about it, humility is always lifting people above you. Mm-hmm. So if both people are doing that, if the husband and the wife are doing that, when you go to your spouse to repent, to humbly say, I was wrong, you can trust that they are going to forgive you, mm-hmm. lift you up, remind you of the truth, have understanding, not a, oh, here's my opportunity to right. squish you. Yeah. Which I don't think people... I mean, have that mindset to intentionally squish or yeah. belittle, but it does come out in the heart. When we're prideful, attitude, yeah. like, oh, you wronged me and mm-hmm. I'm going to make sure you know it. Yeah. Out of not a, I'm lovingly explaining what happened in my heart. Right. I'm angrily and in a way, I'm just trying to, I want to make you yeah. feel what I feel, which okay. happens. So what are a few more benefits of walking in humility in marriage? Real, real quick, I'll just say the one that came to my mind when you were just talking was unity. Like your husband and wife are walking in hum- humility and you started naming all the things that mm. go well with that. It, hu- unity is a very beautiful picture of humility in action. You're right. Well, and it goes, we, we, like we were just talking about that, that drawing near that, that, Reconcile that that connection to humble humans, recognizing that they have flaws, and agreeing to be humble about it mm-hmm. with each other is you can't have unity without it. You can't be reconciled to God without humbling yourself before Him. That's why that verse in the beginning. Yeah. What does God require? A humble heart. That's what He wants. Is me saying, oh. I am a sinner and I am not perfect, but you are. Mm -hmm. Thank you for giving me for the salvation I have in Jesus. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It requires humility. Uh, One more. um, And there's a lot of course, (laughs) but one more that I'd like to share is humility is a powerful example. When someone's humble, it now it diffuses, it restores, it lightens, it brings light. It's like, Hey, like, I'm, I'm just going to shine on myself right now. 
in, in the sense of here's where I did this thing. Um, and it's a good example to each other, to your spouse and also to your kids mm-hmm. when they that's see true. you be humble and not just like, Nope, I'm never wrong. And you're the only one wrong. like, that's like it, it's the humility doesn't just sh- shine a light on, uh, you wanting to grow and change and be and listening to the Holy spirit. Right. Mm-hmm. What it also does is lifts people up. So it's, it's an example and it raises up. So it's, it's lifting up your spouse. It's lifting up your children. It's showing, Hey, I'm going to raise you above me right now. And I'm not going to try and put you beneath me. Which if you're always acting like that, I guess another benefit is like w- people just want to be around you all the time. <laughs> Cause they want to be, <laughs> you'll be so liked. That guy's, that dude's so humble. Right? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think it's, uh, especially the spouse. Yeah, especially. Do, do you want to be around me all the time? Yes, do, always. All the listeners, do you want your spouse like to draw near to you and want to be around you? Like humility is a huge way to make that such an easy thing to happen. Mm. So uh, we talked about benefits. What are some um, things that we've seen in our own marriage? How pride has affected us? Um, pride. Um, well, I know for me, when I feel like justified in hurt or feeling like I'm right about something, I tend to withhold in a lot of ways with you. Whether like it's withhold what? Like my words or intimacy or like that drawing close that you talked about. Um, forgiveness sometimes. Forgiveness for sure. Yeah. That just happened the other day actually. You said the same. I know you're like, you looked at me like, are you going to forgive me? And I, I just remember thinking like, like I'm not done yet. Like I still had like two more things I wanted to say and then I could forgive you, which wasn't a nice way to talk about it. But but. that, that's one of the things that pride does to us is it says like, no, I'm not, I'm going to hold this for a little bit more Yeah. (laughs) until I, until I think you deserve it or I'm ready. I admit I did that. Yeah. And there's for me, um, there's been times, uh, I don't want to say many, probably, <laughs> where... We've been married a long yeah. time, so there's been many. <laughs> um, I've been so prideful that I have a di- difficult time coming to you to admit when I was wrong, mm-hmm. either in sin or in a- certain actions, like uh, um, when you're rightfully frustrated with me because I should have done something and I didn't. Mm-hmm. And you're like, you, why didn't you do that thing? And I, and then I, what I want to do in my pride is defend myself and make reasons why you shouldn't be so angry. And, and you know, why are you so hurt at me? Why are you so mad at me right now? Right. And I, I, I avoid trying to come to you or humbly just saying, you know, you're right. I'm sorry that I didn't do that mm-hmm. thing that I said which, I would do. Which to highlight the change that like the transformation, the other day you did acknowledge something like really quickly, almost too quickly that I couldn't. <laughs> oh, did, did is that maybe that's the same situation that? Um, no, no, I don't think it was. Oh, it's different. This was a different. This was a situation okay. in the car. Well, you quickly apologized and actually caught me off guard, and there was like silence for a little bit, and I looked at you, and you looked at me like, you know, are you gonna forgive me? Yeah, and and I remember thinking, I remember saying out I loud, think it was, I it, think there was a butt coming. I think it was something like you you said something, and then I said a snarky comment we were both back to you. We were both being kind of rude, and I remember thinking like, "Oh, he's going to say all this nice stuff and forgive, but or apologize, but, but, but then you never said the but, and I was like, oh. And then you looked at me like I, I thought there surprised. was a butt coming, and I was like, no. <laughs> now here's a, a confession: there was a but that okay. I wanted to say, 
And so I, I apologize. I said, Jennifer, I'm really sorry that I spoke to you that way. You didn't deserve that. And then I was quiet <laughs> and you waited and you, you looked at me and I looked at you and you're like, is well, there a butt I, coming? I'm like, I, no. I assumed there needed to be one I, since I was also I held being, my tongue. <laughs> I was also being a certain way, but. You apologize later on and I didn't have to say anything. <laughs> Can I share a funny story real quick? Maybe no, it's not funny. No funny stories. Yes, of course. So one of the kids was talking to me recently and they said, but mom, I don't remember what they were talking about, mm -hmm. but our little Edie who just turned three heard just the, but mom, like really clearly. And so she started in the back seat going, but mom, but mom, but mom, <laughs> until she, she realized she was saying, but mom. And just started cracking she up. She thought she was so funny. Oh my goodness. We're like, Edie, we do not talk like that. <laughs> I said, mommy's name's too special. You can't, you can't laugh at my name. <laughs> oh man. Kids. So yes, pride affects <laughs> us all because it's, it's a, it's in our nature. Uh, and it's why the Holy Spirit needs to change that nature. It needs to, what the Bible tells us to not gratify the desires of the flesh, but walk in the spirit. Which I will say the one thing that has helped our marriage most, and I don't know how people do it without him, is drawing close to Jesus, looking at his example mm -hmm. and walking like he walked because only with him can you seek peace and pursue it mm -hmm. and prioritize unity in marriage and serving each other because you know the cost of your life and yeah. their life and what it means and what the purpose is behind all of it. It's because of Jesus and what he did for us. Like it really humbles you. <laughs> well, if you, if you humble yourself to draw near to God, you recognize how humble you need to be. <laughs> yeah. Like that we did nothing and can do nothing for our salvation. He's so good that he offers it freely, his grace and his mercy. Uh, if, uh, I, I think of first Peter five, uh, verse six, it says, humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God so that the proper time he may exalt you. It goes back to that Malachi scripture. Yeah. What does he require? Humbleness. Because pride's going to keep us from him. But when we humble ourselves, we'll say, oh, we, there is like uh, the disciples when G Jesus comes and he says, he said some hard things about communion, about his body and everyone left, but the 12 and he looks at me, he's like, will you leave also? And Peter says, where are we going to go? You have the words of life. <laughs> that was a humility. That was like saying we, we like, yeah, what you said was hard and we don't understand it, but where else are we going to go? Mm. I have nowhere else to go. That's a humility. That's a saying I'm, I have no rope to hold, to climb. I have no ladder. I have nothing. You're, you're, you're it, God. You're it, Lord. We need to humble ourselves. So w with that, what ways can we walk with each other in marriage, in humility? Well, to highlight some of the things that we already said, quickly acknowledging and addressing when hurt happens. Mm -hmm. So like you said in the car, like I, I know I said something that was intentionally hurtful. And I was like, I, the Holy Spirit was like, why did you just say that? And I was like, I'm really sorry that I just said that to you. You don't deserve that. Like, which doesn't happen all the time. I don't always acknowledge that quick, but quickly acknowledging. And for the other person, like when there is a sincere, you know, recognition, apology, being quick to forgive. Well, and That's also, also quick to acknowledge. Wow. I'm really proud of you for yeah. acknowledging that so quickly. A little affirmation. <laughs> yeah. Um, but just, we use quickly a lot. And I'm just, I just want you guys to know, like, it's relative. 
It is because sometimes you need time to process the hurt or what's going on and not every situation can be addressed quickly. And we know this. So even more than that, it's just being able to walk in humility with each other is this ability to, to always highlight and come back to reconciliation. Well, I'll give an example real quick about this. Like you said, it may not be quick to fully resolve, but we can quickly acknowledge something like in a, sometimes in a really heated, something that's very emotional, something that's very driven by the flesh kind of argument. One of you can humble yourself and say, Hey, I know this isn't going to be resolved in this moment. I'm elevated and it looks like you are too. Can we take a break and pray about this? And we'll come back and talk about it when we have, like we can, there can be an acknowledgement quickly, Mm -hmm. even if there's no quick resolve. You also said something just now, which is walking in humility. And that is pray Mm -hmm. when you can humble yourselves before the Lord, especially like with your marriage, it's such a beautiful thing. And it really diffuses a lot of the tension that you feel in the moment of emotion. Mm -hmm. So being able to humble yourselves and, and go to God in prayer is a big one. The reason that's a, this is something that we've learned over the years and it's why we love writing about prayer and wanting to encourage people to pray, especially when it comes to hard things relationally in your, in your marriage and with others. The moment you pray, no matter how, no matter how right you think you are, mm-hmm. when you step into the throne room of God and you stand before him, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so small. Like when Ant-Man pushes the... Yeah. And he just shrinks down to a little <laughs> thing. But that's what happens when the proper heart posture is humbleness before God, mm. not God that you need to change their hearts. Like sometimes we do that and realize we're not even praying to God. Mm. We're just angry. But when we truly go before Lord, I'm angry, help my heart. And often so quick, the Holy Spirit's like, why are you so angry? Why are you holding this against them? Why are you? And it's like, Oh yeah. Like Lord, you're so big. <laughs> so righteous. And I'm not. So it's human. Hum- it's humbling to pray. And just to uh, quickly go over the reconciliation stuff, it's being willing to uh, apologize, being Mm -hmm. willing to confess and repent and also embrace each other, hug each other, physical affirmation to resolve. To reconnect. To reconnect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Another thing, humility, um, another way of walking humility humility is uh, recognizing that we are both imperfect and need Jesus. (laughs) Yeah. And love. Yeah. Like the moment I think that my sin is smaller and your sin is greater, I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. And that's, we do that a lot. We will elevate our righteousness and push down our partner, our, our spouse and say, no, what you did is more wrong and more sinful. And that's just not, that's prideful. Yeah. But recognizing we both need Jesus. So walking in humility looks like um, uh, when we think we're right, realizing that we might not be right and <laughs> don't fight about it. Yeah, it's, it's being self-critical. Like, am I actually right? Like, are you listening yeah. to <laughs> others around you? Yeah. Um, not putting yourself in a high position. That kind of goes with what I was just talking about. Is like, I'm going to elevate my position and lower yours. I'm going to be demanding. I'm going to be controlling. I'm going to be the place I put myself allows me to, like we were talking about before, withhold forgiveness, withhold reconciliation, withhold intimacy, withhold all sorts of things. Cause while well, I'm here and you're here and until you come up to me, mm-hmm. which is a, what's hard about that 
is it's all contingent on what you have decided is enough. Yeah. And that's not good. And this could even be like in a superficial way of being demanding of time and what your needs are and not considering the other person. Mm -hmm. So walking in humility puts the interest of others, your spouse, above your own. It's being willing to serve them and love them and give and give some more. Hmm. Um, And I think the last thing, of course, not the last thing, but the last thing on our list is agreeing with God. Agreeing with God is an act of humility. Mm -hmm. God, you're right and I'm wrong. You're right and I need to know what's right in this situation. Me being angry, me yelling, me being frustrated, me being whatever it is that we're being Asking God, is this the right thing that I'm doing? Mm-hmm. Not, how's my wife wrong? How's my husband wrong? So agreeing with God, saying, God, what you say is truth, and I need to apply, I need to bend myself to you, which is like what we read in Malachi and what we read in other scriptures. Micah. Mi- you, Micah. I was going to correct Not you Malachi, earlier. Micah. Yeah. Um, which Sorry. is what God desires from us. Mm-hmm. Good. It's all good stuff. We Just to remind you of that verse in Micah 6, 8, it says, He has told you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. Yeah, it's Micah 6, 8, not Malachi. It's okay. <laughs> okay, guys, we like to end these episodes with something called a growth spurt, which is just a challenge that we like to give you to um, invest in yourself and your marriage and your relationship with God and everything just to be I don't know, better yourself. Well, it goes along with one of the episodes we just did in April about always being a learner. That's right. Yeah. And so this week's, this month's, I should say, growth spurt is invest intellectually. So grab a good book and take time to discuss it with your spouse. Now, don't get overwhelmed if you don't finish the book all the way or you only even get a few pages in. Just just taking steps. Yeah, just taking baby steps here. Um, Or I know I have friends that can finish a book in a day. They're pretty awesome. But um, why don't you share what you're reading? Um, I've been reading off and on a book called She Is Yours by Jonathan and Winter Pitts. Um, And it's essentially it's a. It's a book about how to love daughters, how to, how to have a daughter. So cool. (laughs) I still feel like I'm always learning because I have no idea. (laughs) Um, I just got a book that I pre-ordered a long time ago by Sally Clarkson. I just got it today and I'm super excited to dive into it, but it's Tea Time Discipleship and I'm already, I'm already a few pages in and it's, it's good. So I'm excited. It's more of, it's very, um, it's pleasing to the eye. It's got really cute pictures. It's very artsy. Artsy. Yeah. So, um, at the end of this episode and as we do all episodes, we pray and, but this prayer is a special one. Why is this a special one, Jennifer? Well, this is an excerpt from our newest book, uh, the marriage gift, 365 prayers for our marriage. And it's about being humble. (laughs) So why don't you do that? Okay. Dear Lord, we are learning that humility is freedom from pride without pride governing our hearts we can have a modest view of ourselves. Pride demands a pedestal position of authority, while humility offers a posture of submission and sacrifice. We confess that pride often comes between us. Lord, will you show us the consequences of pride in contrast to the benefits of humility? In moments when our flesh is tempted with arrogance, will you redirect us to act in meekness instead? Let Christ's example of humility reign in our hearts and minds. Help us to see clearly and reveal any insight that will contribute to our resolve. May we refuse to fight for what we think is right, but rather fight for your truth to prevail. 
When we desire justice, remind us to bring our case before you, the good judge, in genuine prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. to pray more for your spouse? Do you desire to pray more with your spouse? We understand that you may not know where to start, or maybe you feel uncomfortable praying, or maybe you don't know what to pray, or maybe you simply want to add something more to your current prayer life. This is why we wrote The Marriage Gift, 365 Prayers for Our Marriage. We desire that it would be used as a daily reminder and catalyst for you and your spouse to grow a dynamic and consistent prayer life together. This book is a compilation of 365 unique and powerful prayers that cover a range of diverse topics that every marriage deals with. You can read it alone, or ideally, you read it with your spouse. Also, we hope that the topics that are brought up in these prayers would become a starting point for deeper and more intimate conversations with your spouse and a desire to seek God on these matters together. Visit themarriagegift.com today and order your copy and give your marriage the greatest gift, powerful and meaningful prayer. Visit themarriagegift.com today.